You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of My First Show. We're here today with an actor of both the stage, the small screen, the big screen, and he's also what I like to refer to as a comic book stud. Yeah, you thought I was going to say nerd, but I said stud, and that's Dan Fogler. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being here. Am I the first to call you a comic book stud? I'm just wondering. Oh yeah, that was that was the first. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> it's so interesting, you know, I, I've known you uh from afar for a very long time. Um, you know, I, I saw you in Spelling Bee um right right before you won your Tony Award back in gosh, two thousand and three, I wanna say, two thousand five. 2005 yeah 2005 that was it and um and then i i watched you <laughs> sort of grow from there to all these movies and all these and all these television shows and i recently learned about your comic book obsession so i read brooklyn gladiator and sort of the first question i had was dystopian brooklyn <laughs> war zone new york city how did you know this is what our future was facing? Why didn't we know this? What did you know that the rest of us didn't? Yeah, Jesus. I, um, oh man, I, I, when I was, when I was writing it, I thought I've had this idea for a while and, um, I started writing it like, uh, I guess, uh, around 2015, during the elections and I thought you know why don't I just take all the headlines from today turn the dial up and see what that looks like you know 15 20 years from now Mm. and that's Brooklyn Gladiator so I just basically took all you know the the zeitgeist of what's what's happening now um although (laughs) I, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know it was going to come to this so so, so, <laughs> so quickly. quickly. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I, yeah, I, I I thought we had at least a, a good ten, fifteen years before it got to this craziness. I started writing 
the prequel to it, which is called Fish Kill, which is a story that takes place right now about a detective um, in the middle of this chaos. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's crazy. Um, I, I, in a lot of ways, the books are becoming prophetic. Um, yeah. I, I read I read 1984 <laughs> when, I, uh, when I was in high school. Right. Um, and uh, I've always been fascinated with, you know, how, how can you, how did they let it get to that point? You know, and then I have my own little, my boxes that I like to check yeah. with, uh, you know, are we there yet? You know, and, <laughs> and we, there's only a few boxes left to check here, folks, you know, before we're, before it's, you know, spot on rip from the pages of 1984 there's yeah. really only one or two boxes left um and we're just teetering on that so i guess that's what the books are about you know i i am a i'm a lover not a fighter you know <laughs> I, 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 these books are my my way of uh you know putting the the mirror up to society and it's a, they're, they're cautionary tales. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think they're a little they're a little too late. They're, they're too cautionary. Yeah, <laughs> too close. Yeah, yeah. When you read comic books or when you're working on them, do you have a release in which you feel better after when you when you are telling these stories in this vivid graphic way? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I love comic books. I, I'm, I'm a collector from when I, from since I could read. And, um, one of the first books I ever read was heavy metal and heavy metal. The movie, uh, saw that a, a ton when I was a kid and it really influenced me, uh, in all my work. And now I'm there, my publisher. And, and, um, whenever I create something, um, and I hand it off to an artist and, um, and then you get it back and it's in your hands, you know, and it's like yeah. this tangible thing. And it like, it's, you know, it feels like it's your baby, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you can smell the paper and it's like, <laughs> you know, you feel like you, you accomplish something and yeah, it, 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 um, you do, you feel warm. I feel warm and fuzzy inside and, and I feel like I'm making, you know, the 10 year old Dan, <laughs> really, really happy. Uh, whenever you know, I because because these I'm I'm doing now acting, making comic books, like all like basically acting is is I'm getting paid for what I used to do when I used to play outside with my friends. You know, right. <laughs> like right. like it's like this is this the same fucking. So I'm I, I'm living. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? You I'm are curse. fucking allowed to curse. I, uh, so I'm just doing what uh, I did when I was a kid and I, I used to make comic books with my brother as a kid. And, um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with the same publisher that influenced me. It's, that's, it's, that's a amazing. dream come true. That is yeah. amazing. Truly, truly. And, you know, it's funny cause this is a show about theater and it's, you know, our, our love of theater, our, our missing of theater, but, but it's really about our beginnings and what inspired us to become who we are. And when I think about you as a theater artist and I think about Spelling Bee, I actually feel as though the process of creating that show probably actually has a similar process to how you have created more characters for film and television, as well as how you've created 
your comic book career because it's all about like taking inspiration from something and developing it really internally, right? Like if my understanding is, you know, Spelling Bee came from an improv show that you guys were basing on yourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was, yeah. It's amazing how it all stems out of, for me, if I have to trace it back to the very beginning, where does everything come from for me? It's probably playing um, Dungeons and Dragons and the Marvel, specifically the Marvel game. Marvel game was my favorite. It was basically the Marvel version of Dungeons and Dragons. And I would play this role-playing game with my friends um, and my older brother. And, you know, you can be, I, I was actually, I would, I would play, you know, the regular characters, you know, but then they, it encouraged you to make your own characters and create your own characters and draw your own characters. And you would create their backstories and you, you know, you'd give them superpowers and you, and, and it, it really inspired you, inspired me to that just spun off into that's acting. You're creating characters, you're right. creating backstory, you know, you're, it's the same thing. You're, you're imbuing these, these characters with um life and then okay then you're drawing them so i'm drawing them and that's that's comic books that's that that spun off the context spun off into storyboarding so that's filmmaking too mm -hmm. it all comes out of that and 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 then uh you know the role playing and all that that's improv that's improv you know it's like it's all it's it's it all comes <laughs> out of that. so um yeah like so happy i stayed up late past my bedtime doing these things um and uh, so taking those skills into acting, um, creating characters from scratch, where we did Spelling Bee, that was out of necessity. You know, we, we everybody was a, a struggling actor mm -hmm. and everyone was trying to, you know, trying to land an agent. I, I, got, I, I graduated from Boston University. I came, came home to New York. and with a backstage magazine under my freaking arm. I, I, you know, I did the consortium. I did the showcase. I went on. <clears throat> um, I think I, I think I got some bites from like commercial agents. So I went on these, you know, meetings with commercial agents and the whole catch 22 at all uh, catch 22 of it all. And sitting there and just being like, where are I? <laughs> I've never done a commercial, but I'm here to work, and you know I'm I definitely have a lot of time on my hands, you know. And they would be like, "Well, so, but if you haven't done any commercials, you don't have no experience." And so <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, but but I, I watch commercials. I've seen exactly, a lot yes, of them. I, you know, it's like, oh god, I had so many failed um, interviews uh, that never went anywhere. So I was like, God damn it. I have to somehow get work <laughs> without an agent. Um, and uh, so I did stand-up comedy. And that's how I finally got noticed with a manager. Um, and then uh, and they told me to get into improv. So I did. I went to Upright Citizens Brigade. And then I started. Um, and Sarah Salzberg, who I went to, to college with, uh, who was also doing Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, and uh, Liz Feldman, mm. who is uh, the writer for Dead to Me Now, mm -hmm. um, 
her sister, Rebecca Feldman, um, who was the creator of the Spelling Bee show, uh, who I used to, I used to watch uh, Rebecca in high school and the high school shows, you know, she's like the reason I went to that specific high school. <laughs> it's crazy how it all, it's all connected. So Rebecca says, Hey, um, we need some improvisers. We're putting a show together. So it was, you know, you go from doing stand up. I go from uh, to um, you know we're doing Shakespeare and Mamet in like black box theaters, and then the, the progression, the next progression is basically, well, shit, that's not working. All right, we got to make parts for ourselves. We have to make parts that are perfectly catered for our skills, you know, because if you sit around, uh, you know, to wait for a part to come to you, you're screwed. Yeah. So we. So that's what the spelling bee was, and a lot of shows like that never went anywhere. Um, that was that were totally improvised, brilliant shows that played on off, 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 off Broadway, <laughs> and then disappeared. But for some reason, this the the planets were aligned for spelling bee because <clears throat> spelling bees, I think, were part of the zeitgeist. Like they became like a thing, you know. Yeah, it, it was like an, an event, you know. Um, like a sporting that, event somehow. Right. And, then, uh, and like, thank God, Sarah Salzberg, who was Schwartz and Grubinier, um, her, thank God, her second job was the nanny. Mm. Um, you oh, know, right. To Wendy. To Wendy Wasserstein, who's best friends with uh, Bill Finn yeah. and fucking James Lapine. <laughs> so it's like, what? Like, like, okay, thank God. Right. Thank God for that. Because otherwise we would have just done that show and no one would have seen it. But because, um, you know, Sarah was Wendy's nanny. Wendy came to see us and we made her laugh. And uh, so, yeah, those characters were all made from scratch. Um, so I brought in what my, I brought in a character that was very much like me um, at the height of my ADHD with, like, <laughs> with the dial turned up. Like I couldn't sit still. And, and it, that, that character was, it kind of morphed into what I guess Coney bear, you know, mm. the, the Jesse Tyler Ferguson character would one day become. But um, then the other character I brought in was Mr. Mr. Barfay, which is the other spectrum a combination of me and my brother um who both had allergies growing up like i like my nose was constantly stuff growing up and, <laughs> and um and i used to um i wasn't i was not the best student so i also always um would be on the uh the school bus and it would hit me like oh my god i haven't done my homework and i would just get you know, I would just get nauseous and that I would become, oh, my God, I'm Mr. Barfay. Uh, <laughs> it's Barfay. But, um, yeah, so and then it was also a combination of my brother who was like a straight A student. Um, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting character. He's like mm. he, this kid who's like a super nerd drowning in his own, you know, mucus. <laughs> and he fucking and he can't. uh Everywhere else, he, everywhere he goes, he's bullied, except for the spelling bee, where he can, where he could, you know, be the bully, you know. But he's the bully with the heart of gold. 
and and so that's where uh that's where mr barfay came from and then that was my ticket man that was my ticket yeah that was that was crazy you won the tony and from there things took off yeah it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What was the first show you saw ever? Oh wow! Um, the first show on Broadway, you mean? Any any theater show that you saw that meant oh. something to you that you then okay. said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do this." Uh, I think the very first theater show that I ever saw was a high school production of Fiddler on the Roof that my brother was in, that Rebecca Feldman was also in, oh, wow. and um, it was at Poly Prep, and I and it was before I was going there. My brother was going there, and I remember watching. The show and the show was good, and the kids the kids were pretty talented. <laughs> there, there was a moment in it <clears throat> where, um, it was the last show, and there was a senior in the show who was a bit of a practical joker, and um, <laughs> it's one of the guys, the one of the policemen that come in with the verdict that everyone has to leave, you know, and it's supposed to be this very sad moment, you know. Oh, you have to leave Russia, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, the, yeah. so the 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 policeman comes in and he he, un, he undoes this scroll and he shows everybody the verdict and everyone's supposed to start crying, you know. <clears throat> but instead, they start gyrating with laughter. Everyone on stage is now giggling their asses off, and everyone in the audience starts tittering, you know. And me, who I'm like, I, now I start perking up. I'm like, what's going on? Why are <laughs> happening? Why are they? But this is supposed to be sad, but now everyone's laughing. And it turns out, and everyone now at the end of the whole end of the show, they're supposed to be sad, and everyone is now stifling, stifling laughter. So then my brother, we're driving home at the end of the night, and we turned to him, and we were like, what was that on stage? What was going on? And my brother was like, oh, my God. You know, Ricky or whatever the freaking guy's name. It was the last show. So he decided <clears throat> that... <laughs> He wrote. He wrote on the scroll with a with oh. a big a big picture of a, a. It was like a big picture of a penis <laughs> with like giant, giant balls, and it said it said, "Hey everybody, hop off my balls!" And it had a <laughs> and it had a guy who was just jumping off of the balls like whoa, and he shows this to everybody, <laughs> and every, and I was like, that's "Oh my god, that's fucking funny!" That's I was like, funny. "I like that. I like." <laughs> I like how dangerous it is, you know, and and those are the always the moments, the live theater that I, I always I always love those moments where anything could, things go wrong and then you have to and th- and those are the moments that the audience loves the best because they're Absolutely. like oh my god this is this is special this is this doesn't happen every night you know 
I thought you were gonna say a fart, but a scroll of balls is way more genius. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's every. Can you imagine that? Like, yeah. He, everyone's expecting this like just horrible, horrible verdict. <laughs> that is just a big old picture of a penis. I mean, so like one of the things we talk about a lot on the show is how our first shows that we saw for shows that we were in, how those are direct lines to, to what we became eventually <laughs> one day. And I just think it's so funny that you who got discovered for your genius improv creation of Mr. Barfay, actually at your actual first show, I don't know if you've realized this before today, was was Fiddler with a total improv penis joke that made it memorable. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I always love those. Like the first show I was ever in, um, it was a similar thing. I was in I was in Bye Bye Birdie. Mm-hmm. And I played, I was the only kid in the show. I was, I was in sixth grade. I played Randolph McAfee mm. and every other, everybody else in the show was a high school kid. <laughs> and uh, so that was, that was an interesting experience. Um, and my first, I don't know if you've seen the show, but. Um, oh yeah. I was Mrs. Peterson. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she funny. was very Jewish when I played her. Oh, funny. Um, so. The first, my first entrance as Randolph is I, it's, uh, it's like breakfast or something. And for some reason I'm bringing my dad seven up for breakfast, you know, <laughs> and, um, and it's my first show and it's the first night and I'm standing off stage and I'm holding the bottle at seven up and I hear my cue and my legs don't move. My, my legs are frozen I'm, I, I'm, my, and, I'm, and I start shaking. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having stage fright. I can't. Mm-hmm. And I hear the audience, you know, out there. I was like, oh my God, there's a lot of people out there. So I'm now I'm like shaking, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I can't move. I can't get out here. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm I, this is crazy. Um, and then something like the stage hand behind me is like, get out there! And like kicks <laughs> me off stage. And like, and I suddenly I'm on stage, you know, like boom, you know, and, and the audience sees the audience notices, oh, okay, this guy's having an issue here. And I'm, and it's funny, you know, so people are already like tittering, like what's going on with this guy? And I'm just like trying to catch my bearings and I'm like, okay, just one foot in front of the other. And I can't stop like looking into the audience, like such an amateur move. I'm like looking in the audience for my parents, you know, and then and I go to like, I go to like hand my dad the soda and he's all pissed off. He's like, give me the soda already. Give me that seven up already. So I hand him the seven up. And he opens it, and it's it squirts all over the place. It's it's all it goes all over the place because I was shaking, you know. Oh, no. And now everyone's cracking up, and he's genuinely angry, you know, where he's supposed to be acting angry. He now he's genuinely angry. <laughs> and now I'm and I'm just sitting there, mesmerized by the the waves of laughter coming off of the audience, and I'm just like, whoa, what is that for? I'm like, what? what <laughs> Is that for me? Is that for the soda? Like, what is going on? And I was like, I this is amazing. This is it was another one of those moments where something kind of went wrong and it forced everybody to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I was hooked. I was like, God damn it, I love this. <laughs> and you were wearing a Davy Crockett hat. Is that is that how this Ryan McAfee <laughs> yeah, right. was, was costumed? 
Yeah, what was I wearing? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember a Davy Crockett hat. I remember. Yeah, that could be why. That could be why they were laughing. You know, but yeah, exactly. I, I, but then I did like uh, from. Then I was hooked, and then, um, and then I did the Fantastics right after that, and I was, uh, I was Mortimer in the Fantastics. I remember mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. I love that uh, role. That was crazy. I that would that role. Yes, I didn't have to do anything. You just looked at me. I looked. I looked. I looked crazy. I had a big, you know, Native American like braided wig. And <laughs> I, I, I looked. I looked very funny. Um, they allowed yeah. seventh graders to do a show that has a song called "Rape" in it in your school. Yeah, can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, the Fantastics that ran for forty years. Yeah. Yeah that that song was like insane. The rape song. Is yeah. So- such a pretty yeah. rape. That those yeah. are literally the lines. Oh yeah, <laughs> the lyric. It's like, um, it's like uh, the the idea. What the hell's his name? El Gallo or something? Yeah, yeah. Um, he comes in. He's basically the devil, and he's like, uh, he's selling them the idea that they're going to come in and steal this woman, mm-hmm. uh, steal the girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, what a fucking weird show, man. All the when was that written? That was written in like the fifties. Forties. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They were they did that show. I was uh fuck. That was um what year was that? I was uh early nineties still. They don't do that show anymore in high school. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Let's let's fast forward to future. What so so we did a couple shows in middle school and then high school. What was your first professional show? Yeah, I just did nonstop shows in in high school, and then um, went to college, and then the fir- my first professional show where I got like my my card, like my equity card or something, where you got paid. Where and right. it could be anything. It could have been non equity. It could have been your first right crew job. Just the first professional gig. Okay, I did. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I did a show called uh, Joe Fearless. Um, <laughs> which is written by that was at the Atlantic theater company. And it was um, written by Liz Tachillo, who was a, went on to be a writer for sex in the city. Mm. And she, and that's another thing, Liz Tachillo. I went to high school with Corinne Tachillo, her sister, and Liz saw me in high school plays. And Jesus. that's how she cast me. Isn't that famous pretty- sisters and famous nannies is the story of your life. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Depending on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> they, uh, and my friends, they, they, um, yeah, she saw me in a play. I think she saw me in like into the woods or something. And then, um, then she cast me in Joe fearless. And, uh, so that's how I got my equity card. I was a singing, dancing referee. It was a, it was, it was basketball. It was choreographed basketball <laughs> on stage. What a crazy show! Uh, and then the other like real, real gig I got was this was kind of crazy. I got the um, Scooby Doo live stage tour. Oh, okay. yeah. that's cool playing. Yeah, it was uh it was like a kid's show and um it was it was crazy because 
you, you played these, I played these amazing venues that we went all over the country. Um, I played about five different characters in the show, which was like mm-hmm. right up my alley. I love that stuff. I got to be the bad guy. So I got to, <laughs> you know, have the mask pulled off at the end and then, and I got to say, and I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> if it weren't for these mangy kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, these mangy kids. <laughs> um, uh, I think it's meddling, but I like mangy better. <laughs> I think you're right. It is meddling. Um, so, yeah, so I got to do that. And, and that was crazy because um, I was doing it with a buddy too. He was... Like from college, he was shaggy, <laughs> and so that was fun, man. Uh, but it was like it wasn't really theater; it was more like trying to speak your lines around screaming. You know, like these kids were always just like, ah! you know, just going Scooby, screaming Scooby. You know, um, he was like, I'm trying to talk now. Um, yeah. Did you wear was, a big head when you had play characters? Can I wear a big head? Yeah, I wore a, uh, I mean, it was my head. I had a, and they put a, like a, they put a bald, a bald cap on me with like crazy, um, I guess it was like poofy doc, doc brown hair on the sides. And then, uh, but then I was also, you know, I had to, I had to be like a ghoul. So I had, yeah, they put like a big ghost mask on me with crazy ghost hands. What else? And oh, oh, I was like a, I was like a chef. I come out at one point and I start, um, I'm dressed as a chef with like a big, crazy mustache with this big pile of food. And um, then I just start singing about the food. Uh, I can't remember the song. It was just, it was something like, a fettuccine, I love it, you're all. Like, I'm just like, very, very silly. And I, and uh, what else? I, and then, like Shaggy and Scoob, like chase me off. Hey, he's got food, you know. <laughs> oh, and that was the other thing. You had to be able to do Shaggy and Scooby's voice because sometimes Shaggy and Scooby were making a quick change. Right. So whoever was closest to the microphone off stage had to run and just be like, "Zoinks! I'm almost there, Scoob!" You know, and like fell in. Uh, so that was I like that job. I got to do a lot of different. Things you know, um, rookie, you know, uh, <laughs> and and I learned on that gig that you really have to maintain your weight because mm-hmm. um, I uh, we went we went to like we traveled all over the place, and by the time I got to New Orleans, it was like I never it was like I found fried food and beignets. I was like, <laughs> what are these? You know. <laughs> And then suddenly I was just like, I gained like just like probably gained 30 pounds just in New Orleans. And they were like, Dan, none of the costumes fit you. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. So that was a, that was a okay. good And lesson. we don't have a wardrobe hand because this is a very cheap tour. So exactly. like, we're going to have to tape two of these ghoul costumes to you now. <laughs> Um, it's dream time on on the show where I ask you to dream a little. If you could yeah. be in any show, anywhere, at any time, mm. what would it be? Whoa. You mean like if I can You can go back, back in time. You can fast forward time. You can create Ooh. the show out of your favorite stars, 
um, from yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Dream time. My my God. My God. (laughs) That's a good question. Well, okay, the first thing that comes to mind, so I would quantum leap (laughs) into Nathan Lane's body during Guys and Dolls Mm. in 19 with Faith Prince that that run. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I know it well. Yeah. You, would, you would Scott Bakula yourself <laughs> to I think it was the Schubert Theater. Exactly. <laughs> Tony winning revival. Amazing. Either that one or I would jump into uh Chip Zine's body uh Into in, the Woods, the Baker. The, yeah. yeah. That's a great another great production. Yeah. Wow, these are good. So very good, um, and an excellent casting, Dan. Because I think you would, you would kill it as Nathan Detroit and the Baker. They, they'd be different from the originals. Sure. You, you and Chip have a different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, that's really special. That's great. That's great. Do you think is there is there a return to the stage in your future? Or do you do you wish for it? I'd like to, you know, if they'll have me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I would love to. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I'd I'd like to do. I've I've written a play hmm. um, about my family. I mean, I guess that's the and I and I I don't know if I'd be in it, but if I was in it, I guess that would be the the closest thing that would be to getting back on stage. Um, right, right. What, you know, yeah, that's what they say. Um, um, no, that's nice. I, um, I actually did a little, did a little recon on you. Um, your associate director from spelling bee is an old friend of mine, Darren Katz. Oh yeah. And I just was asking for any memory that he had of you. And he told me, that you made this very cool and beautiful comic book for opening night about the show's path to Broadway. It was really sweet and really funny. Oh my and God. the illustrations were amazing and you gave it out to everybody. Yes. And do you remember that? And can you believe that the path from that to now is not only filled with fortune and fame in acting, but also in comic books? Yeah, that is so funny. Oh my god, I, that, what a blast from the past! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, I wanted to make a little special thing for everybody. Wow. Yeah, I wish I oh. did. He did. He still have it, or I or? think so. Yeah. God. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you don't. Cool, you didn't man. keep one for yourself. Um, no, I don't think I did. I just think I made made them for everybody and. I made them like by scratch, you know, it was like, uh, each one was, I think each one was like its own specific thing. Um, there is a surprise section of the show that we don't tell our guests about. Um, you're going to be fine. Uh, it's a lightning round. Oh God. And (laughs) we put 30 seconds on the clock and I list off names of famous musicals, famous, you know, from the canon. And you list the emotional theme that you think that musical is about. No wrong, okay. nothing. There's no no fear. I just like to see how we are matched and where your head is at as I list oh, wow. these titles. 
So we're going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it? 30 seconds? I feel like yeah. I'll, only be able, I'll only be able to answer one. We'll see how many we can get. Maybe we'll stretch to 40. No one's really watching. <laughs> I always needed extra time on tests as a kid. No one's watching the clock. We're going to do what we can. All okay. right. A chorus line. Oh, what is it about? Or what's the emotional theme there? Is that, um, yeah, that no matter what, you have to keep trying and never, ever, ever give up. Oliver. Avoid um, strangers. Sweeney Todd. Always ask for the recipe. Funny girl. Make sure that you get Streisand. Evita. Don't get political. <laughs> Annie. If you got talent, you don't need money. <laughs> you did great. Thank you. you did great. Truly, truly. These these are everyone has their own take and these are very Dan Vogler, I must say. <laughs> these are a Dan Vogler take. Um <laughs> wow, you you are as as known because I've watched you plenty. You are incredibly funny and incredibly charming. Um I think you had said before we began that you were back at work on set right now. I think we're all a little jealous. Can you tell us mm-hmm. about where you are and what you're doing? <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm in the UK. I'm jealous of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the UK now. Uh, with my family, um, and we, and I just, you know, got, just started working. Like, we got one week um, in the can, as they say. Great. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like every every time I always equate, even before all this, you know, precarious <laughs> um, craziness with the virus, uh I was like each one of these, each one of these uh, journeys, each one of these shows, these films, whatever. It's like a, it's like a ship's journey, you know. It's like mm-hmm. you shine on, and you, hopefully the captain is, you know, good, and and hopefully the, the, you know, the crew is is gets along, and you know, hopefully the the ship is seaworthy, and and you, you, you know, you you can come out, you can you can go out into the sea, and and <laughs> maybe it's a. Uh, Maybe it's an easy ride, you know, and maybe you bring back gold and, or maybe it's treacherous and everyone's screwed and you don't finish, you know, you never know what the hell is going to happen. Um, now it's even crazier. Now it's just like one day down. It's like, now it's just like we're, we're trying to get to the North Pole <laughs> one more inch through the ice. You know, it's like yeah. we're taking it day by day. And so it, it even more so feels like, um, even I don't know. It's more romantic. It's more exciting. It's like yeah. all for one and not one for all. We're gonna get through this, you know. And um, so, it, in that regard, it's it's exciting, uh, and it's also it's strange. It's very Kubrickian, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it's very it's very surreal right now. But we're we're getting through it. I mean, that's what we do. We adapt. We get through it. I think we got something good already. Amazing. Amen to that. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. My pleasure. 
Rabbi, we've waited all our lives for the Messiah. Wouldn't now be a good time for him to come? My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash my first show. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. A pot, a pan, a broom, a hat. Someone should have set a match to this place years ago. A bench, a tree, what's a house? Or a stove. People who pass through on that Africa don't even know they've been here. A stick of wood. A piece of cloth. What do we leave? Nothing much. Only on a Africa. On a Fathers have been forced out of many, many places at a moment's notice. Maybe that's why we always wear our hats. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.